Transparency Talks podcast is brought to you today by the Defiant Ones Teen Magazine, a magazine for teens by teens, which discusses the latest fashion, entertainment, trends, financial literacy, bullying, school, sex trafficking, the health and wellness of teens and young adults, and so much more. Join Teen Brothers founders Christian and DeCorey Robinson and so many other young adults that are defying the odds by subscribing to the online and paperback magazine and listen to Defiant One's Teen Podcast on all podcast platforms today. For more information, go to www.defiantonesmag.com. Once again, that's defiantonesmag.com. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Transparency Talks Podcast. I was trying to figure out another entrance. We're like, Transparency Talks Podcast. Or, you know, I'm, I'm all in my head. Anyway, I hope you all are having a wonderful day. It is beautiful here in the ATL. Listen, my spirit is telling me to let you guys know it's not too late. Whatever that dream was, if you want to go back to school, whatever it is, you can still do it. There are people that have done stuff later on in life, like my mom. My mom had me at a young age. She went to college. I started getting sick a lot, so she she left. So when she turned 50, she decided to go back to college. She ended up getting a double major degree, and now she's getting her doctorate. So it's not too late for anyone. For myself, I ended up going back to school. I already had one degree in computer information systems. When I was going through my divorce, I needed something to elevate my mind and get me off of the divorce. So I went back to school and got a double major. It's not too late for you. It's not too late for me. Sis, brother, if you want to write that story, write that story. If you want to go back to school, if you want to change careers, whatever it is, you can do. So let me leave you with a couple of things. Stan Lee, he created his first comic book when he was 39 years old, The Fantastic Four. He's the guy that did all of the Marvel Universe from Spider-Man, X-Men, and beyond. 39. Donald Fisher was 40, had no experience in retail. Him and his wife started Gap. You can do this. Samuel Ed Jackson has been in Hollywood for years now, but he didn't start and get his major role until he was 43 in Jungle Fever. Henry Ford started the, the, the Cars at age 45. So the moral of the story is you can do whatever you put your mind to. It doesn't matter if you've had those kids. It doesn't matter about any of that. It doesn't matter if you're 60, 70, and all of a sudden you want to start doing something else. Do that. Do that, and you will be supported, and you're going to be fine. It's all good. So anyway, with all of that being said, I want to bring on someone that... I met actually listening to some of her tapings on Instagram and I was very intrigued. Her name is Shannon Payton, MBA is a licensed realtor who teaches financially uninformed parents and couples how to improve their personal finances and credit. Hi Shannon, how are you? I'm good, how are you? I'm doing really good. I'm doing really good. Like I had just stated, I saw you on Instagram and was like, wow, your story was absolutely amazing to me and how you are reaching back. So can you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so my name is Shannon Payton. I am a mother of three and married. Uh, We've been married, it'll be 13 years October, which seems to have gone by very quickly. (laughs) And um, what we do or what I do is I specialize in helping um, those whose issues with their finances have caused them to not be able to become homeowners. Um, All too often people think it's not possible. 
Um, they're misinformed. Not that there's anything wrong with Google University or YouTube University, but sometimes uh, the stories that are shared are not realistic to the masses. So for me, it's my charge, you know, it's my call to educate, to inform with honesty and ethics to make sure that people can get to the next path. So whether that's helping them to fix their credit, um, overcome any issues they might be having with their budgeting and personal finances and mindset, and then helping them with purchasing their home by serving as their agent. Okay. So how did you get into that? Because that's not, I don't imagine that's something when you was a baby, when you was a kid saying, hey, I'm going to fix credit. I'm going to do this. How did you get there? Never (laughs) did I ever wake up. It was like, this is what I wanted to do. (laughs) Actually, when I was um, young, I wanted to be a pediatrician. Mm. Right. Up until like my 11th grade year. And then I went to a college to work at our one of our universities here in our state and um i saw their uh hospitality department i was like i want to do that and of course my mom was like what you want to go from being a doctor to being like a chef or a manager she was like "Mm -mm." she was not (laughs) feeling it so um over time i did end up getting my undergraduate degree in hospitality and tourism management and then i started to live life and she i wasn't prepared (laughs) so um i can remember when i first moved out i moved away from my state and i moved to massachusetts um Mm -hmm. and it's definitely a different type of thing because the cost of living is different i had no idea about cost of living um trying to determine how to pay my bills and i'll never forget my cousin gave me a book um by susie orman called young broken fabulous and that's kind of where i got like my my grounding about credit and what to do and what not to do and then through my own experiences and fast forward a few years um you know got married uh we became a young family not even a few years maybe like six years and life hit a little harder um this was around 2008-ish 2009 uh we were renting we were doing okay and then i lost my job we had to move and then when we did we thought we were getting our ground and we thought we were going to be able to rent to own this home that we were renting. And it did not work out the way that we thought. And we ended up losing that home a week after I gave birth to our second child. Wow. So here we, we're young, like young, 25, <laughs> 26, with two babies under three and nowhere to go. And it wasn't one of those types of things where we couldn't call on family, but we didn't know that it was time to kind of push beyond and grow up a bit. So we had to go into shared housing and thankfully, thankfully in between, and we worked. And I think it's important to say that uh, just because people go through financial hardship, it's not because of something that they're asking for. It's not something that they're intentionally trying to, um, it's not something they're purposefully doing. We both worked. You can't help what you make. (laughs) You cannot help what you make, no matter how well-intentioned you are with what you're doing, especially, you know, when you don't know. And when you learn better, you do better, right? So did that. We were able to move into shared housing on our church campus. Shout out to Promise Ministries Family Life Center. And we were able to do that. And we stayed there for just under a year. And that time, I was able to get a better paying job. We focused on our credit. We paid off what we had to pay. And we still had to pay to stay there, <laughs> you know, but it was, it just worked better for us. I was blessed with a better paying job, which helped. And we were able to do what we needed to do to position ourselves to purchase uh, just under a year after the eviction. So I'm like, that's my claim. So after that, I was like, well, I know we're not the only middle-class family that's trying. And I just, I was able to replicate that over and over and over for other people. Thank you for tuning in to Transparency Talks Podcast, baby. This is Perfect Moment. Look into my eyes and take me away tonight. I'll go
American families, a lot of them, there's a lot of things regarding credit that I'll just speak for myself. I won't speak for our entire race, but I'll speak for myself. There's a lot of things that I'm just now learning now that the schools didn't teach me about credit, about ownership and all of these different things that I had no clue, you know, that I qualified or could qualify or how to do things, you know. So kudos to you for finding your niche, you know, having that, that going through the struggle and then being able to pull people up. And it's, it's very important that people can relate to you because you've done it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think that's the thing too, like we're taught well, I don't know if this is every community. I can only speak about my own community. So, you know, we're taught, you know, you keep stuff like that private. You know, you don't say, you don't share. But I'm also faith-based. I'm Christian. And, you know, in the word it says you teach and you share the testimony and the trial so that the person behind you don't have to keep making the same errors. <laughs> you know, it's up to them if they don't uh, apply it. But it's my charge to share it. So everybody isn't as willing to share <laughs> as I am, you know. Um, of course, I don't want anybody to think that it's only always the struggle because it's not only always the struggle. But oftentimes when you're in those dire situations, you can't see beyond that. So that's the point that I share, <laughs> you know. Um, and it took many mindset shifts, you know, in that. And, you know, just to touch on what you're saying, um, my grandmothers, one is 86 and the other one is 80, 80. And I'm thankful to have them both still. And um, I know my one grandmother, she shared with me that when her and my grandfather went to purchase their first home, that they had to have his uh, 
white employer vouch for them in order for them to get the loan. And they said, all they knew is, is that they saw the door open. <laughs> they bought their first piece of property for like two or $3,000, paid it off, and then they just kept buying the properties around them. You know, and she was like, that's what we had to do at that point. She said, and, it, and sometimes it didn't feel good because they had to, I, her, her term was play the game. They had to learn it and play the game so that they could get what they wanted. But because of that, you know, it's never thought in my mind that it's not possible for me. Because if they did it, and that's back in the 60s and 50s, then what more for us? And I think what we don't understand, too, as a generation, is that we have an opportunity that our forefathers fought for, and we don't necessarily um, sometimes link it. They fought really hard, like, for us to be able to be able to be homeowners, for us to have a better understanding, but they didn't always teach us. And now we have so much information available to us, so it's important that we apply it and that we have these, these dialogues and these conversations so that everybody can learn more. You know, it's not about who's the best person, who's teaching it this way and who's doing it that way. We have to all reach each one that we can so that as a whole, we can all grow. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So in doing so, how do you find your clients that need help trying to get into a home? So I teach a lot. <laughs> like, um, I think this is the most downtime I've had in teaching. Um, but I often, I'll host a home buyer workshop every month to make sure that people, you know, anybody who's interested in coming out, that they come, they learn, I answer their questions. Um, I have a group on Facebook where, you know, we're called Pathways to Homeownership, if that's okay, where I share, you know, ways that you can get, just get to start because it's hard to tell somebody again that they can own a home if they're living paycheck to paycheck. Mm -hmm. If they don't know what to do with their check when they get it. And you can get um, all of this information, but if you're not applying it, or if you don't know a practical way to apply it, then it can feel like it's over your head or like it's never gonna happen. And it's not, it's not that hard. You have to start where you can and don't beat yourself up. <laughs> you know, you can't keep reliving, rehashing the past, move forward, you know, because if you do, then you're, you're gonna be stuck. You blink, it'll be five years later and you're still doing the same thing. Right. Yeah. Okay. So you also teach financial literacy, credit education, repairing your credit and different things, home buying and selling. Can you explain what financial literacy is? Honestly, financial literacy to me is just making sure that you understand what to do with your finances. There's different um, areas. So oftentimes people assume financial literacy, helping you to have a better understanding of what to do with your finances, budgeting, saving, how banks work, how to open up a bank account, how to set up things to make sure that your finances are moving along. Um, then you have credit, which you have credit repair, credit building two different things. So you have personal credit, you have business credit, two different things. So oftentimes people think, oh, credit repair. Oh, well, when I go into this, it's going to ultimately or automatically raise my score. That's not what credit repair is. It's making sure that your credit report is accurate and true. You have that right as a consumer. Where credit building is, maybe you have a low score because you don't have any credit. Maybe you may have a low score because you have incorrect items, but they work hand in hand. They're not the same. So that is going to be making sure that you have the right ratios, understanding how to build credit properly, um, knowing the difference between secured cards and unsecured cards, um, you know, how to pay. Funny story. <laughs> when I was in college, not college, when I first graduated and I lived in Massachusetts, right? Now I live in Delaware. Boston is like eight hours from me. And we're talking, I'm coming from like farmlands and fields to city. Okay. <laughs> so I was like, oh, this is different. <laughs> and I applied for a card and it said 0% interest. So in my mind, I'm like, oh, 0% interest. That means I don't have to pay anything. That was not what that meant. <laughs> what that meant is that I wasn't having to pay a fee for borrowing the money, right? But that was a financial literacy thing. I didn't know that, right? And this is what made me open up the book that my cousin gave me when I graduated, right? And um, the lady on the phone, she was like, oh, baby, you can tell she was somebody's auntie. She was like, that's not what that means. <laughs> like, you still need to pay. She's like, and because you didn't pay, now you have 24% interest. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> Whoa. Wow. So that was a quick lesson. So it's those things. It's those types of stories that will help people remember, hey, this is not quite what it is. So that's the credit building side. And then you have the home ownership piece. 
um, which can cover whether you're on the investor end of it, the developer, which is like another, that's the investor side. And then you have home ownership, which is buying and selling. So for me, my focus is residential, individual and family. And so understanding how to, again, give the anecdotes and the stories to help people grow through that is just, I enjoy it. The number you have dialed is not in So we're going to take another pause for the cause. This is one of my favorites off of my album entitled Hung Up. So make sure you turn it up. You know what I mean? Turn it up. DJ, turn it up. Y'all let me know how y'all feeling it, all right? At Transparency Talks Podcast. Operator, can you sag me? Read out a number that page me. Hit speed down when I'm out of time. Hope I can reach you, make a mind. Nobody move, don't make a sound. Got a connection in the background with the static slab. Lines across, all of a sudden the call was lost. Call 911, calling hot to feel. Strip I love, can't get enough. Boy, you're all I'm thinking of. Call 911, calling hot to feel. Strip I love, can't get enough. was my single hung up i'm digging it man i'm digging it i'm digging it that was off of my first album so you know of course that was a blessing make sure you tune in transparency talks podcast we everywhere now back to our scheduled show there are several ways you can tune in to transparency talks podcast including pandora iHeartRadio, spotify stitcher apple podcast Blaze One Radio in Atlanta, Squeaky Radio in Detroit, Glass FM in Nigeria, Soul City to Beat in Italy, London's Energy Radio in London, Rock Dan Radio in Canada, Soul Fusion Radio in South Africa, and Q-Mix Radio in Japan. You can listen in to any of the stations by going to ButterBeRocka.com. That's B-U-T-T-A-B-R-O-C-K-A.com. 
Follow me on all social medias at Transparency Talks Podcast, also at Butterby Rocka. And subscribe today to my YouTube channel at Transparency Talks Podcast. So someone is trying to get a home. What is a typical score that they would one need and i know all finances are different because it would depend on what type of house you're trying to get how much you're trying to get but what are the basics when you are looking to get a house that you need okay so as far as your credit score it needs to be a fico credit score uh so just a quick lesson on that fico and vantage score are two different score models vantage scoring is what credit karma uses so that's the free score model. Vantage score is something that TransUnion, Equifax, and Experian came up with on their own as a scoring model. That's Credit Karma. So when you log into Credit Karma, that's the score model you see. It came out like around 2008-ish, okay? Early 2000s. FICO came out in the 70s, okay? It's gonna be more, it's fair, Isaac Corp. It's going to be more of the, the pop-up, more of the legitimate credit scoring model. And that's the one that the mortgage lender uses, the one that they use for loans, car financing. So that's the one you want to pay attention to. That's going to come through like Experian.com, um, MyFICO.com, okay? Now, long and short, the FICO needs to be at least a 640 or better if you're a first-time home buyer for most home buyer programs. Yes, you can qualify for a house with a 580 credit score. And when we say credit score, we're talking at least two of your credit scores are above a 580 or above a 640. That's a mid score, the number that falls in the middle. So for most housing programs, doesn't matter where you are, they're looking at a 640 or better because your credit score is a representation of how well you pay your bills back. The lower the score, the less likely you are to pay your bills on time, okay? So what the, what the, the thing is, is at a 580, you're going to need more money. If you don't have a lot of money, then you better work hard to have a higher credit score. And ideally, with this market, you want both. <laughs> because I can't speak for where you are, but houses are moving fast, and it's not enough inventory. So, it's a lot of building going on, and it's a lot more competitive than what it was. So, 640 or better, although you can qualify at a 580. I got a question for you. So yeah. Credit Karma and FICA, you're saying they're two totally different scores. Are they that far off in their percentages? <clears throat> yeah, <laughs> realistically, yeah. Um, because, and I, like when it first came out, I probably noticed like a 20 to 30 point difference. But FICO is a product. They're products, okay? So there's different levels to said product. So long and short, FICO two, four, and five is what they're using to qualify you for a home. We're on FICO eight. Mm. So we're it's still using an older model to do that. So <clears throat> it's the way that the algorithms <laughs> work. So yeah, they're very different. Um, Vantage focuses more on what you're currently doing. FICO focuses more on what you've done. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So now take us through the process of building your credit. How does one raise their credit scores? So the biggest and the easiest way to do it is to really focus on the five parts of a FICO credit score, right? <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm sorry. So the biggest, the first thing that you want to do is pay your bills on time. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I don't care what anybody says. You want to pay your bills on time. When you pay your bills on time, that means that when people let you borrow money, that you are going to pay it back. Period. Right. If I borrow $100 from you, and if you let me get it, and if I don't pay you back, are you going to let me borrow it again? No. All right. Now, if I borrow $100 from five different people and I pay none of them back, aren't you going to say, hey, is there a way to, I wonder if I could find out if these people are paying their money back. Let me, credit report. And then when you see that, you're like, mm-mm. But if I borrow money from everybody and I've always paid them back, then you're more likely to let me get more money. Absolutely. That's how the credit, his, the payment history section is. And that's 35% of your score. So that's the first thing you can do. Make sure you pay your bills back on time. And I tell people, if you can't afford to borrow it, don't. Right. And if you're forgetful about paying, then set up auto pay, at least for the minimum. Right. And then you can log in and pay more. But it, just do that part. 
The second thing that you can do is not only pay your bills on time, but pay more than what's owed. So if I'm going to pay it, I need to, if it's due on the 30th, that's fine, but I need to pay more than the $35 because oftentimes the minimum payment due only covers 3% of the actual amount that you borrowed. The rest of it's fees, <laughs> you know, because credit companies make money off of fees. That's just the reality, banks too, that's just the reality of what it is. So that's the second thing you can do. So pay your bills on time, pay what you owe or more. Now this is something that's not exactly in here, but I still wanna say this. Oftentimes I talk to people and are like, I don't even use my credit cards. I don't understand why my score is going down. That's why. <laughs> you need to show that you can use it. If you're not using it and you have it, eventually what they'll do after like six months is close it. Because again, they make money off of what? Fees, the risk or the hope that you won't pay or the interest for letting you do it or that right. you have to pay later. A, a couple dollars from hundreds of thousands of people equals hundreds of thousands of dollars. So that's just how that goes. So that's another thing you can do. Um, don't close out these credit cards. Oh, I had a bad experience with the credit card. I'm just gonna close it because I didn't like what they did. Okay, well, let's, let's go back. They're a business. <laughs> They're letting you borrow the money. What did you do? I hate to be that person. I don't wanna be that person, but let's, let's bring it on back. It's not what they did. It was your lack of understanding of how to use it. Mm -hmm. That's okay. Keep it open. Learn how to use it and let's move forward. Okay. Because if you, let's say you've had a credit card for like a year, but you might only miss one payment. Well, you're, if you close it, you're, you're missing a whole year. It takes about a year for it to actually start to really hit hard for you, mm -hmm. you know? So it takes time. So don't close out the cards. Just learn how to properly use it. Educate yourself on how to do it use the card get it use it pay it when the statement comes off that's the most basic way to use a credit card now as you start getting a little bit more advanced then you can get into paying attention to the statement close date and the statement due date two different dates so my statement might close on the 25th my payment's not due until the second okay so if i pay anything before the 25th even if i borrowed it in that month then what reports to be due on the second is going to be lower even if I use more because I paid it. Does this make sense? Yes. So that, that's the more of the advanced thought. And some people do that and they're able to do that just fine. So they might have a credit card that they use that's maybe $1,000 and they'll pay like $800 worth of bills and they'll pay it off before the statement close date. So by the time it closes, it might be down to 100 So every month it just shows $100 as opposed to what they actually use, which was 8 Okay, so that's that's the thing about understanding that part of credit. The next thing you can do is kind of open up or what we call credit mix, which is lower on the percentage, but it can show that you can use different types of credit. It's not just credit cards. It might be personal loans. It could be installment loans, or which is considered a personal loan, uh, meaning the payment is the same every month. So that would be like student loans, car payments, mortgages, personal loans, okay? And then you have credit cards, which is revolving, which means that it can change at any time. So if you can show that you can use both of these types, then they're gonna be like, oh, not only is she using it, look, Butter B is using it and she's paying it on time. So that's how that's gonna go. And then lastly, if all that's not working for you, which is never gonna be the case, you can open up new credit. Now, most people who have good credit are not opening up more than maybe like one card every couple years. They're not looking for cards all the time. So those are just some of the the basic five areas that you can start in so it's not just you know keep it at 35 percent. it's the reason behind that is that that i just shared taking another pause for the call this your girl butterby rocker you are tuned in and listening to my big brother neff 150 this is sympathy y'all Take a walk, come and build with me here. Pick a spot, now sit and watch how the hood's with me. We put in work, conversation at a minimum. I'm straightforward, no loose ends. Remember who? 
stick to the script blueprint of an architect strictly about business that others step off with that i'm cold-hearted when it comes to my cash flow i switch lanes if you ain't got good brain that's my last terrible ain't it fourth quarter flow so faded i brush them off like i just finished painting my young the straight villains they don't know how to chill but can you tell the hungry who gotta search for his meals and that precious we don't know about keep the sawed off in the couch that's the thing i learned in the south new jersey birthed me atlanta adopted me internationally known so ain't nobody stopping me treated like monopoly and trap house your property bootleg your backyard and have the hood work for me mm, yeah bosses do what bosses do feel me yeah, I never really cared for the bully type You crossed me wrong, I show you with that bullet like Too many haters, too many envy, too many skill Too many fake, too many n- thinking it real See out here, you gotta watch who you deal with Cause anybody and everybody ain't who to chill with See Marvin Gaye used to tell us how to sex a woman Never did he elaborate on how to respect a woman I take it serious, point blank period Yeah, I laugh and joke, but truthfully I ain't feeling it You lightweight fam, you don't understand my plan I'm trying to brand my new shit in Japan. You thinking locally, see everything I write is like poetry. Can't compare you to me at all. I'm poetry. Streets may tell you what you want, but I ain't hearing it. Everything that you learned, I learned off experience. Divine showed me how to hustle, no fear for it. Major move, making clear that you can see I'm living it. Uh. have a friend who they ended up because she wasn't using her credit cards they ended up lowering her amounts Mm -hmm. and I was like really Mm because I didn't know that they would do that but yeah she called me and told me that I was like wow I found that to be interesting and they told her that she wasn't using the card enough right because again if I'm not if I'm not making money off of you it's not beneficial to me got it now this happened to me I went on to Experian and there were some things on there that wasn't me. Some addresses, well, there was an address that wasn't mine and it was maybe something else on there that wasn't mine. And I disputed it and told them, hey, that wasn't me. They dropped my points, 15 points, because I told them that this wasn't my account. And I was totally confused because I had a 740 and you dropped me 15 points. I'm like, what happened? Well, it was likely that the account that was on there that wasn't yours was actually probably helpful in some way, whether it had been the length of time that the account, like the history of the account, it could have helped to thicken what we call thicken your credit report, meaning um, credit reports have age, right? And the way that they determine the age is off of the average. So if you have 10 accounts and the oldest one was started in 10 years ago, that's not the age of the average. It's the how many came on. And then, so let's say I got 10 cards and, or let's use three cards. And I, I want to do this as easy as possible. Let's say I have a card that's been around um, for 10 years. I have a card that's been around for five years. I have a card that's been around for two years. Mm-hmm. They would... Yeah, okay. I had a card that's been around for 10 years. I had a card that's been around for five years. I've had a card that's been around for six years. Okay. That equals 21 years. But they're not going to go off of that. They're going to divide it by three, which would be seven. Yeah, would be seven years. So that would be the history that they would be using, not the 10. So let's say that I disputed one of those accounts. Maybe it was the 10 year. Maybe it was the 10 year. Well, that drops me from three years, I mean, from seven years down to like three years or just over two between two to three years you understand what i mean i did 11 divided by two i'm sorry it's five and a half so that drops me from seven years to five and a half years so it could have been any variety of things it could have been that that account was contributing to your history 
It could have been that that account had a good payment history and it was uh, contributing to your ability to pay. It could have been any variety of things. Um, most people, you know, you need at least five. You know, they say just to start, you need three to five. Ideally, they want you to have like 10 trade lines or lines that show that you're doing what you're supposed to do. So right. let's say that it, it could be in any variety of things, but it was unlikely that it was just disputing. It was more likely that the information that was there was helping your profile in some way. Okay. I, I don't understand. I still don't understand it because I've been living in my house for over 18 years and before the end had property that, that I owned and they just completely, I mean, this was an address I ain't never seen before. And I told them, I mean, they say, if you see a discrepancy disputed, right. I, I tell you, Hey, this has never been my address. And you know, Oh, oh, this is something else to consider too. <laughs> it just made me think about it when you said it. Different area codes have different, different things. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so it could have been that the area code could have been beneficial to uh, your profile. It so. could have been because it was Buckhead. And when Buckhead really? is considered like a good little area. I'm in Marietta. This bucket is considered to be a little bit higher. So maybe, yeah. I don't know, but. I yeah, no, that, that's that's a fact. So sometimes depending on, like that's something that sometimes they'll tell you um, in credit, like, you know, in the in the credit repair rule, um, if a person's score just isn't moving, then <laughs> the recommendation is to open up a PO box or a virtual address in another zip code that's more affluent than mm -hmm. yours and that it can have an impact because what it does is your credit score Okay, so when you go through your ratings, you know, fair, poor, good, awesome, excellent, whatever for credit, they're comparing you to other people's credit reports mm -hmm. that are in that same bucket. Mm. So when you have the different averages, you know, for things, you're going to compete better in one area than you would or it could adjust. So it could be any variety of things. It, that's the thing is the algorithm. So no matter, it's like Instagram, no matter how much it changes, you can try your best to stay on top of it. But some things you just don't have any control over. Right. So what's the process of restoring your credit? Um, honestly, the biggest and the most uh, easiest way to do it is to pull all three of your credit reports because you want to see what's there. So when people are like, oh, I want to use credit karma, I'm like, no. <laughs> One, because it's only going to give you two reports, which is TransUnion and Equifax. You need all three because let's say your middle score is experienced. Then what you gonna do? You disputed the other two and you can't see what's on the third, mm -hmm. right? So that's the first thing you do. You pull your credit report, look at it, read it top to bottom, left to right. What's wrong? The first place that you can start, like they say, uh, go for low hanging fruit, like you did. Look at the names and the addresses. Is this me? <laughs> is anything here true? Is it not true? Dispute that. I don't know. I don't know about the whole dispute thing. I'm, I'm done with the disputing. She's like, I'm over it. So what disputing means is you're just basically writing a letter to the credit bureaus and saying, this is what I saw and this isn't true. Fix it. Because as a consumer, you have the right to an accurate and true credit report. If what you see on that paper is not the same <laughs> across the board, then that means that the information provided was not 100% accurate and true. That's not your problem. That's their problem. <laughs> so you have the right to dispute that. So when we say dispute, it's simply writing a letter. Hi, I'm Joe Blow. This is where I live. Anything that doesn't say this, it does not need a report in this area. Start there. Mm -hmm. All right. Now the thing with credit repair is it works in 30 day cycles. So there's nothing you're going to do to rush that. I don't care what they say anywhere. I've heard people say, you know, it, <laughs> when, when I first learned the clubhouse in November last year, <laughs> they was like, yeah, go in. And there was some system that they were using to hurry up and, and flip um, answers to things like with TransUnion. And you know what TransUnion did? They shut down the portal. So then you still have to go to do it the way it needs to be done. So go on, look at your basic information, read over your credit report, look for the stuff that just isn't true. You don't have to lie about stuff. If it's not true, it's not true. If, if one account, if you have an account, let's say with um, ABC Company, and you know that the balance should be, um, zero but for some reason it still says five hundred dollars that's not true right so you can just write a letter to the credit bureau hey i pulled my account my credit report abc company's um information isn't correct please uh correct it or delete it they're going to do whatever you say so they're either going to correct it 
mm-hmm. or delete it. <laughs> okay. And they have 30 days to do that. That's what the rule says. They have 30 days to do it. If they don't, then you can say, hey, you had 30 days to do it and you didn't do it from the day that they receive it. Not from the day you send it, from the day that they receive it. So we tell people to do certified mail or have some sort of way to track the day that the things were delivered. So I tell people just add in a couple days. Mm-hmm. Read through, dispute the stuff that you can see, that you know by fact, the things you have proof of. That's the most basic way to do it. Um, look for balances that are off. Look for incorrect names and accurate addresses. Um, maybe um, the status of the account isn't correct. And it's, it's kind of unfair to say, look for these things if you don't know how to read a credit report. Taking a pause for the calls. It's your girl, Buddy B. Rocker, Transparency Talks Podcast, baby. Listen, I'm bringing you some of that heat. This is Jay Morris with Special. Dog. I'm here for it all. Pull me a cup cause I'm having withdrawals. I shut down the city, then shut down the mall. I hop in the whip, got her hands in my drawers. She got that pressure. Oh, I'm a stretcher. She say, ooh, ooh, we cut the lights on, get the camera, make a move. Oh, I'm the realest. Look for my city, they feel it. I get it, they get it, we get it. Came up with my bros. What I get, you get, we split it. Lights off, lights on. Oops, I left my ice on. Spamming like I'm hot. Ooh, these, ooh, these blue warm. Not the king if you never leave your throne. Sorry, you were not a boss if your team ain't on. Salad dressing, I beat dressing. See this drip I got on. Let us in my pockets, drop a car, no fuck alone. Special, special. On a neck, I'm putting pressure. Pressure, I know you know you think I'm special. Special, roll it up, we smoking pressure. Pressure, you ain't doing nothing special. Special. I'm on a mission, really you can't get me slipping Hop in the coupe, we whipping, yo, we missing She in the coupe, it's splitting, doing all kind of positions She got the sink, I want that mouth, I'm talking to who pays Fall off in that water, boy, Bobby Boucher I be moving, grooving, truly doing that I won't get that head when I won't spend that bread when I won't. You be doing crash missions, oh you going? Bet I won't. Boy, you say you live that life, but I know you really don't. I've been up since Friday morning, late night I still perform. My vibe must have coop. I'm talking great poop Little baby wanna kick it, wax off, wax on. Cobra Kai, chop the blind, like the work that stepped on. Oh, special. so that you can move forward so i can't get you to a little bit of a sidestep i can't get you to investing and understanding crypto and stock markets which is not my that's not my my area that's not my baby my baby is this but you can't get there if you can't even understand the basis of how to open and read a credit report can we teach you how to use credit properly before we can talk about what you can do to leverage it right can't read a credit report. You shouldn't be thinking about leveraging credit. It's not even a conversation you even need to be having. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so it's okay to kind of start at base. And I, and I want people to know it's okay. Like, you do not have to start building credit tomorrow, buying trade lines, and then having an 800 credit score the next day if you don't know what the heck you're doing anyway. Right. It's like the bankruptcies. You, you file a bankruptcy. Everything's cleared off. They will send you credit cards the very next day. And guess what? Within a year, you're going into a credit repair program because you didn't learn anything from the bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. So with a collection, mm-hmm. you pay it off. Mm-hmm. Does it get erased from your report? Mm-mm. 
there is no promise to that now there are some companies that will delete it once you pay it like um I can see them clear as day. They're based out of Pennsylvania. I can see it in my head. <laughs> but the account name is not coming out of my mouth. But when you pay with them, they will um, delete it. There are some companies that will do that. Then there are some companies that you can ask, will you pay for delete? Meaning that if I pay this for such and such amount, whether you choose to do a settlement or not, will you delete it? They'll say yes or no. Most of them be like, no, we can't do that. That's not true. You can do what you want. You guys are paying for it to report to the credit report. Don't. Don't ever get that twisted. The people who are paying for the information to be on your credit report are the people who you're paying the money to. So if I owe this company, they're the people who are paying for it to be reported. They can definitely not pay for it to be reported. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's the thing. Have the conversation before you pay. Because if you have the conversation before you pay, then you have a little bit more leverage than if you pay it and then you're asking. Or you can ask, you might get a nice person on the phone. If you get a person who's not, then call back at another time and see if somebody else would do it. So collections don't always come off just because you pay them, which is a misconception. If you're gonna pay a collection and you wanna negotiate it in your benefit so that when you do pay it, ask. Every company doesn't include it. And they're not required to, and they'll tell you they don't have to. I mean, it's up to them. They're paying for it to be there, <laughs> you know? So with the collection, there is a, um, what am I trying to say? I just lost my train of thought. Sorry. With collections, there is, you know, they hold it for seven years and then they're supposed to drop it. Mm -hmm. But I have known people that tell me that something was supposed to get off of their account and then another collection agency ends up buying it. And then yeah. it like re went on their, to their account under a different name. So is that, is that legal? Okay, so you're talking about reaging, and the way that it goes is <clears throat> this. And it's so funny, like as often as I've done these podcast interviews, I've never had some of these questions, so I love it. It's making me really think. <laughs> so the way that it goes is it's the date of last payment. So whatever the original date of the last payment is on the original account is when that time clock starts moving. Okay. So if it's been seven years, and what else? So if a collection company buys it, they can report it, but that means that the previous company isn't still keeping that balance open, okay? So if I owe ABC company $500 and they keep it open for six years, six and a half years, and then one, two, three collection company buys it, ABC company now needs to make my balance zero, and then it needs to say, that that's with the collection company, mm. right? But does that start seven years over again with one, two, three companies? No, so it's from the it's from the original debt. Okay, it's from the original debt, and like on your credit report, two companies can't collect on the same can't report collecting on the same account. Mm -hmm. Okay, so when you're looking at the original one. Usually, I mean, most companies like in six and a half months, six and a half years, people will like say, okay, or six, six and a half years or six and nine months. They're like, okay. But the thing is, is that don't call, <laughs> don't call and be like, I want to pay. That's where people mess up. <laughs> they're like, I'm just trying to clean everything up. Let me pay. And then they think that they're going to keep up with the payment and they don't. Mm -hmm. And then that restarts the clock. So you have time bar clocks and different states and different types of debt have different types of timing. Mm -hmm. So it just depends. Like where my state's three years, there's some that have 10, 10 year clock. So it's like, if you don't know what you're doing, go ahead and pay some money. they're like, don't you pay for credit repair. <laughs> but the reality is, is if, if I don't, if I'm not a good painter, I can paint, but it ain't going to be pretty. I'm telling you, it's going to be some divots, some dots and some marks on the ceiling. It'll be painted, <laughs> but I might have to replace my carpet when I'm done. Well, why do that when I can pay somebody? who's going to do it properly and I'm going to save my money on having to place my carpet and I'm not going to be upset with myself and eyesore from looking at the ceiling. <laughs> you know, be a little jacked up. So, you know, it goes deeper than just I can dispute. Now, if you've got like a couple, like four accounts, go for it. But I mean, I've seen 57 page credit reports. Uh -huh. Wow. No, no, it did fine. She bought a house last year. Hmm. No, earlier this year, matter of fact. Wow. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
So how can people hire you to help them with their home, credit repair, credit building, and all of the above? So the best way is to be my friend on Instagram. <laughs> um, I'm, it's the credit realtor. So if you type in the credit realtor on Instagram, you can find me there. My name's Shannon Payton. And um, honestly, you can just, I try to make it as easy as possible. Just click the link in the bio and select what you need. Um, so whether it be credit building, helping you to do credit repair. And listen, the credit repair works both ways, whether you want us to do it for you or whether you want us to teach you. Because we understand, again, everybody's budget isn't to pay me. Some people may need to just have so we do that both ways or they can hire me to be their agent and we can do consultations if they feel like they need more of an in-depth um shannon i don't know what i need to do this is help me with a plan type of thing um so we do provide those products and services to people and it's available there the and the fees are attached so i'm not one of those types of people that hides things like some people do they're like inbox me for the price no it's there <laughs> so Follow me on Instagram at The Credit Realtor or here on Facebook at Shannon Payton um, Realtor. And I'm happy to assist you. Um, we do have a team that's able to help on the credit repair side as well as digital products and services to help you reach your goal. And our goal is to help you do it within a year because it can be done. Wow. Okay. Well, I would like to thank you so much for coming on to Transparency Talks podcast and being so transparent with the way real estate work, with the way credit building and restoring and everything works. So thank you so much. And with that being said, everyone, we are out of here. Thanks for having me. You have a good one. You too. Thank you. I'd like to thank you guys for tuning in to Transparency Talks Podcast, baby. We're going to end the show taking it all the way down to Miami, Florida. This is Black MP Well. He wants some of that cookie, y'all.
I'm coming over, she know what's up She, she wanna 